0: You need, and how we have evolved and added people, is to look for people with complementary skills. And if you can build a team that has a lot of complementary skills, it just means that when these crazy things happen, someone knows how to handle it or someone has seen it before. Welcome to the e commerce momentum podcast where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson.
1: Hey, wanted to talk a few moments about some sponsors. Scope from Seller Labs, um, when's the last time you created a listing? right and when you create that listing you've got to come up with the keywords right it's all keyword dependent i don't care if it's uh private label or wholesale you've got to get it right well what's the best way to get it right if you're selling a similar product that's really successful you go and you take and use their keywords, and that's what Scope does for you. It's a phenomenal tool brought to you again by Seller Labs, the leaders in technology uh, when it comes to Amazon right now. They are just crushing it with all their products. But Scope allows you to get that listing right. Get ranked for those keywords as fast as possible. Therefore, you get the sales. So Go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a little bit of money. Get some free keywords to test. Try it out and see if you see an improvement. If you don't, adjust. What's cool about what I love about uh, Seller Labs is that you then message and say, hey, I didn't get this right, Tyler. Hey, Jeff, this isn't working right. What am I doing wrong? And boom you're going to get the help you need. And that's what you're going to get from Seller Labs. And, and it's a very special group. They've been very, I've been very fortunate to be connected with them. And again, I look over time, they've delivered every single time. You know, same thing I can say for Karen from Solutions for E-Commerce. I mean, she's been carrying my account for a couple of years now, um, and our account, my wife and I, and she really does handle things for us. Um, I mentioned uh, just last week we created a new listing with, I forget how many variations, but again, all the flat files uploaded, done as I needed. I pop in, so she'll send me a template, I pop in some information, and then boom, it's handled. Oh wait, these pictures weren't done right, blah, 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 this UPC needs it, boom, modified, adjusted. And again, the communication's been phenomenal too. I get an email pack saying, hey, this was done, or this, you're missing this, Steve, hey, you got to do this. So, you know, we have those challenges too. And that's why I like working with somebody who's been doing it, and been doing it for a long time. Did you know Karen also does listings for eBay? Yep, lots of them. So if you want to build out that channel, which of course you should, it's Q4. You should be selling everywhere you can. Um, Karen can help you with that too. So you got to tell her I've sent you. So you're going to go to solutions 4 Ecommerce forward slash momentum. You're going to save 50 bucks every single month. You're going to save that $50. But more importantly, you're going to get an inventory health report. Um, did you just get hit with monthly long-term storage fees? Well, guess what? If you haven't, they're coming. You wanna get that inventory right and she can help you with that. You gotta tell her I sent you again, solutions, the number four e-commerce forward slash momentum will get you into that. Save the fifty bucks. Get that inventory health report though. That's really, really important. Get that going right away. And I don't want to miss my coach when it comes to retail orb or online orb. When I have a question, and I do, not that we don't we don't really do much of it anymore, but when I do have a question, I go to Gay Lisby. Because why? Because she's really She is a coach. I mean, she's really phenomenal, but she also puts out a daily list and you're going to get that list five days a week. You're going to get tons of leads. The number of uh, agreed to amount that you're supposed to get, she she usually gets to those in the four days and then the fifth day seems to be a bonus most of the time. Phenomenal group, small amount of uh, buyers where this list is going to, and the best thing is the nuggets that you learn. Hey, why is the red one better than the blue one? Gay can help you with those questions. I saw, hey, I got, um, I got a, the dreaded letter about a brand. Here's the, here's the way you approach it. Hey, receipts. Um, how do you? What's the best practice? I saw her leading instructions, teaching me, the accountant, how to do a better job with it, and it's phenomenal. So it's Gay Lisby's, um a million dollar selling. Um, I'll have the link in here. You've got to use. Um, the, my, my link, and, and it does help me. I don't want to say it that way, but um, it's part of Amazing Freedom with Andy Slammons, Lee Ron, Hirsch and Nate Slammons. so you know you can trust them, okay? So come out to the website, take a look at it, and you will get uh, savings, and you can get two weeks free right now. Only through my link, you get two weeks free. Try it. You don't like it? I get it. Back off. But right now is the time to make money. Get cash flow going right now. And so join. You get two weeks free. The only way you're going to get the two weeks free is if you use my link. It's on this episode. Come on out and give it a try. You will not be disappointed. Again, you're going to see me in there. So reach out if I can help you too. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 343, Andrew Mavriganis. Um, very, very cool uh, because I actually know Andrew. Uh, met him face-to-face a couple times. Met up in a meetup group. And... When you hear his story and you hear how comfortable he is, it should make you pause, right? And and what I hope you do is you take some reflection time after listening to this episode and sit back and say, huh, am I a failure if I walk away from the business and I go and work for somebody else? Hmm, not in Andrew's case. Am I a failure because I don't want to be number one, even though I can be number one? Well, Not in Andrew's case. Am I a failure if I walk away from a stellar career, which I obviously am very good at and I have a gift for, to take a role that allows me to invest in my family's life at a time that I want to invest in my family's life and the planets align? uh, Andrew would say that's not a failure. And so I'm using that term failure Um, Because I I just think that, you know, as a guy, um, a lot of people measure themselves that way. Again, we still introduce ourselves, hey, what do you do for a living, you know, and measure yourself that way. Well, I think this is a very healthy uh, time to look inward and sit back and say, hmm, you know, I could do well by myself and you could do well by yourself, but together we could do incredible things. And man, I just hope to see more people partnering up. I always say this with Andy in our warehouse, you know, having him in the warehouse with us has been phenomenal for a million reasons and uh, back and forth. He would say the same thing. And so we're better because of it, right? And so to me, that's what you got to start doing and you got to start looking at. And Andrew's a perfect example of somebody who's done that. And he's very comfortable with that and very mature about it. And I just, I, I welcome it. And uh, I'm very fortunate to get to know him. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest. Andrew is someone who I think, uh, I think a lot of companies aspire to find because they're looking for somebody with trust and that's got to be number one. They're smart. They have um, skill sets and that kind of thing. But more importantly, they're independent and they can find a way to make sure they hardly ever have to go into the office. And I think that that's a science. And that, man, you are you got a master's degree in that. Andrew Mabriganis. Welcome, Andrew.
0: Thanks a lot for having me. And thanks for the... Uh... Complimentary introduction. Is that fair? Well, oh, I hope so. Um, I'm working on that all the time to be everything that you explained. And I would add that certainly those things that you're mentioning, uh, I didn't like show up on the first day and have all these things, but there's something that I'm working on and continuing to learn.
1: Well, I think it's so relevant to my audience because, you know, you know my audience is, you know, mostly Amazon or eBay sellers. Um and they They'd love to be location independent, but they'd love to have talent help them. And it's one of the big challenges because when you have employees and then you have the infrastructure and we could talk about all that, you know, that adds a lot of cost and it adds a lot of responsibility. Um, When you can add talent and they don't have to be close, they don't have to be in the same state, they could be states away, right? I mean, states, literal states away. And you can manage operations, which is a huge skill set, from states away, without physically being there very often, that's that's a big deal. Um, and so I think in my world, this this is this it's new because I, I think most of us feel like you got to be lifting boxes. You got to be Andrew. You should be packing. You should hmm. be packing boards right now, dude. Why aren't you packing boards? We're short. Like, Occasionally
0: I am, but yeah, not not often as you're mentioning.
1: All right. So so we're gonna get into this because it's it's probably one of the one of the the coolest new old things that I've seen, um, you know, work from home in the pre-call, Andrew and I were talking about companies, uh, you know, trying to get rid of legacy costs. It's a big deal, right? So they got this building and they got all this equipment. You know, you have to have a bathroom. My my landlord today brought me new fire extinguishers for my building, right? Uh And so somebody's got to... Uh, hang them which I'm going to end up doing but then they get inspected and then blah 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 all these costs that people don't think about these are these are real costs and your competitor if they don't have those costs have uh, an advantage over you and so you start thinking about these legacy costs um, and companies tried to downsize these things but not in the e-commerce world. I mean, we we a lot of us use third-party warehouses to do work and stuff like that. But this is a physical location, a physical building that you manage operations from another state. That's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that's our setup right now. Mhm.
1: Okay. So, so that's the, that's the, the lead in, um, to me, I think it's, it's one of the coolest things. And I think this is, uh, technology advances and, and I, I, and I assume intellect that really helps get us there. So, okay. So you weren't going to be running operations. You were going to be a lawyer. You are a lawyer,
0: right? I am a lawyer. I still am barred in Pennsylvania and inactive in the state of Delaware.
1: And so why law school? What was it that was going to bring you? What was it for you
0: yeah uh it it seemed to be a good decision at the time it seemed to line up with some of my skills in the academic world writing reading things like that and it seemed that I was very interested in pursuing that um I was thinking a little bit about that decision and and then where I am now, and it's it's kind of a funny story that I used to get these interview questions for interviews for law positions, and they would say to me, where do you want to be in X number of years? And I would usually say something like, I want to be helping run a business, meaning I wanted to be a lawyer for a business. But what I think it really meant and what I should have known all along was that I want to be running a business, which is exactly what I was saying, and not necessarily in in uh, advisory capacity but in the actual operational capacity
1: when uh, when you think back to those law school days was there part of cuz you know it it's like I'm an accountant so so the accounting you know you, you it's very broad and then you know a lot of people specialize in one thing or the other did you were you attracted to one more part of the the law degree than the others
0: yeah well i didn't have a lot of people that go to school, their parents are lawyers or some other real connection. And so I didn't have that. So I didn't have any type of, I'll probably follow in this track. And so in my head, I was always aligning with a business track and I was taking business related classes, tax related classes. And one of my professors even said to me, you know, if you take the right classes, a law degree is as good or better as an MBA. And I'm not going to, I don't need to get into that right now, but the point being that there are a lot of things that you can still learn about business in law school. Um,
1: oh, for sure. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And then yeah, I think it then depends is, well, that I, I wouldn't say that you should go to law school to get a business education, but um, there are certainly tracks that get you very involved in business.
1: Well, you know, and to me, you know, I used to be in the newspaper business, and and we used to get uh, lawyers who didn't pass the bar. (laughs) (laughs) There is that groove, right? I mean, for whatever reason, and it is, and and most of the time, they recognize that wasn't the piece they love, but the most, the best researchers and writers, they were always so gifted. They just had it, and you know, um, and then they go into journalism, realize they can't make any money, and then they write a book or whatever, and those skill sets are phenomenal, um, even in e-commerce, because you copywriting, right? I mean, to me, mm-hmm. you know, being having the ability to write—I'm not am not a gifted writer. Um, my wife got me through grad school by editing everything. <laughs> I mean, everything. I couldn't do anything. Don't she tell your professors. <laughs> but it's—it's funny. Uh, that skill set is—is—is is, is really important now. Yet, you know, you think about it, it went away, right? As you know, everything went online, Steve. Right? Nothing's there anymore now. It's online, but it needs to be well written. And so that's a skill set that really transfers over. And if you study tax, you know, tax is politics, right? It's not logical. (laughs) And so if you can understand that, and you can understand the way they write it cleverly and how they don't say what they really mean, you know, all that innuendo, those are really strong skill sets that a a law degree would really help with, right?
0: Yeah, and that's where it can be learning how to, read really dense material at a high level or learning how to connect different parts of different writings in ways that aren't as logical as you might think they would be. And then that becomes a skill that you have that you can take with you. And so when I see what my resume has for a law school degree, I know that that's something that I'm building off of as my foundation for years to come. And I feel good about that.
1: Does it almost feel like you're advancing the degree now, like real life? In some ways?
0: In some ways, um, I'm I'm like in a, you know, there's law school, excuse me, at law firms, there's associates and then there's partners. The associates work for the partners. In some ways now, I'm both an associate and a partner because I'm making the decisions and doing the work. And I don't probably have the experience that a partner should have, but it means that I'm, you know, I'm doing it on my own and I'm learning about different things all the time. And I'm also getting... Exposure to all these different areas of business, which also entails some different areas of law, and in a lot of cases, if you're in a certain role at a law firm or at a practice, you might not get the range of exposure that I feel like I can get.
1: Well, one hundred percent, because now a lot of that work gets outsourced, right? Because you know it's cheaper to get it done. Um, because it's so it's so automated, right? It's research. I mean, I have a friend who's a lawyer, and he works for a company that does law uh, online junk. I don't know what it is, but it's crazy how much of that stuff is just moved to online, and it's just yeah. basically copy and paste, and so you don't learn anything. And so a lawyer, I mean, I would argue in some cases, now not all cases, this is a general speak is that that degree is weaker and weaker because the depth of knowledge you don't learn, right? You just copy and paste, and that's challenging.
0: there's a lot to that, but yeah, I I think the answer is that it's probably an industry that is resisting or has resisted change, and it could be one that, as a result, is ripe for some change, so we'll see what that means.
1: You know, it's interesting. in, In my interviews, I think I've had two or three, you might be the third, uh, maybe fourth uh, lawyer that has you know went to law school uh, some of them were going to fight justice and they were going to you know and then they got there and they're like "Ooh, I don't like this I don't mm-hmm. want to commit the rest of my life I, I'd like to have a family Andrew you mm-hmm. know those kids would like <laughs> to see their dad mm-hmm. now you have a family
0: I do right? I have a two-year-old and a, a two-year-old son and a five-month-old daughter they're about two years apart
1: and you get to see him every day don't you
0: I have a lot of flexibility. I've been around. If they get sick, I'm, I'm helping out. Um, I pick them up from daycare when they're there and I can be around in the morning and yeah, I, it gives me a lot of flexibility and I really enjoy that and value that, you know,
1: some would argue there's a cost to that. Right. I mean, cause you know, you could be one of these big, you know, seven figure, uh, lawyers in downtown Philadelphia, right. Or New York city yep. or wherever. Yep. Um, but at what cost, right? There's a cost, there's a trade-off. Is it is it a non-negotiable, especially now that you've had this freedom, is it non-negotiable that you'd never go back? I mean, I know never say never, let's just say without having to, is it like a non-negotiable now?
0: Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I, there's probably a chance like some opportunity came along, but I would have to be comfortable that it's on a fixed term, you know, that I want to do something really hard, even harder than what I'm doing now for, I don't know, two years, three years, and it works out with what's going on in everyone else in my family's life. Um, so, but yeah. Well, that's
1: rare that you're considering your family. I mean, to be honest, you know, and I'm, I'm a lot older than you, that's not the way my generation was brought up. brought up. Your parents then wouldn't be that way. It was, you know, your dad... Uh, earned the income, you know, was the breadwinner, had a responsibility, knew his role and his responsibility. And that was it. And then that meant, you know, it's it, it's sad to say my wife did a lot of that stuff. I mean, that's the truth, right? Because I had a big career. Yeah. Um, it's different today. That that It's like the formula has all these outside um, pieces now um, that change that formula. You think it's for the better. I mean, when you talk to your dad about this, what was what does he say
0: well that that's how my family was growing up that my dad was working full time and I'm one of four so my mom was taking care of four kids which is definitely not any small task either um but now i always and i always thought that that would be my life and that was the vision i had pretty much because that is what i knew and so now here i am and my wife um she works full-time too we met in law school so she's doing her thing and i'm doing my thing and it gets us into these situations where okay we have to make this part of what she's doing a priority and maybe it's for a little while or a longer while and then another situation where it makes part of what i'm doing a priority and we need to get a couple things in order so that i can do this and i think i consider it for the better i consider it uh a partnership and, um, you know, you're just trying to figure out what each of you do well and allow them to do that well and, and stay out of the other person's way sometimes. And then if you need to help them and help each other, then you do that too.
1: You know, as you said that, that's exactly what I was thinking in my head. It's like you finally get to use your strengths and she gets to use her strengths, right, which are always different, and it's not oh, it's not her job or his job I mean to me that's that's such a healthy place and I would imagine now i'm gonna make I'm gonna make a leap here that a marriage that has that in it versus especially in the law field right where there's probably a lot of pressure, a lot of long hours I mean well, not a lot of long hours, a long hours period. I mean, enormously Mm -hmm. long hours. Um, I imagine marriages don't last very long or they're very difficult to have a deep relationship. I mean, a real meaningful marriage um, as opposed to what you're describing.
0: Well, I hope there's a lot of different ways that people do it. And there's a lot of different people and different successes and different value systems. And so I can speak to mine and this is what I'm going for. And I'm happy that we're in this direction.
1: So when you went to your wife and said, Hey honey, I've got a big idea. I'm going to go sell beanie babies on eBay. Um, what do you think? I'm going to leave my law job and I'm going to go do that. Is that, is that the way the conversation went?
0: Well, it's funny because I was, this is something that I had been, we didn't really even get to how I started out and how I got connected and how really it's my friend who is the founder. And then I was there listening, advising, helping out as early as the business pretty much started. And then, um, so I was still working, but over time I was looking toward the future thinking, yeah, this could be something that I'm doing full time. And so I was helping out before my wife and I were even engaged and I was telling her, I was letting her know before we even engaged that this is something I'm seriously considering and actually very much hoping can happen. And so if you think you're marrying this person, I'm letting you know that you're probably marrying this person. And obviously she was fine with that, but the conversation and the road and the path were, were set out a little bit ahead of time.
1: When, when you think if she was to describe it, uh, it, would she say that you're in the role you were designed for as opposed to, especially because she knows the law so well, right? Because she has similar degree. So would she say this was your path 100%?
0: I think so, yes. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: All right. So I was trying to lead you there with the Beanie Babies. You didn't bite. You you went back on the uh, thing. So let's talk about how you did get into it because I think it is a cool story, Um and uh, he doesn't sell Beanie Babies. Everybody listening are like like, <laughs> that?" He didn't walk away from law school for that. So so you started advising. A friend of yours came and was he – and, and I, I don't know him, so I'm going to say this. Yeah. Um, but when I think about the business that you're in, it sounds like he would be a California beach guy yeah. uh, wearing shorts, cut-off shorts. They have to be cut-off. And they can be frayed, probably, and sandals, never wears shoes, always wearing sandals, serious tan, great sunglasses, um, and probably the brightest white smile. Is that a fair description of your partner?
0: No, that's closer to the opposite than the actual.
1: That's funny. Now, see, that's what I would think.
0: Yeah. Because I think the biggest problem with your story is that he and I were high school friends and we grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So there's not a lot of surf there, is there? We definitely weren't surfing there at least, but it was one of my high school friends and we played on sports teams together growing up. And we did a lot of the sports that we sell to the, you know, the customers and the sports that we sell to. And we would do things like skiing, wakeboarding, and we would get to the beach and surf on the East Coast together. And so we had this very much shared interest in outdoor sports. And so him being a engineering mind, not a, hey, dude, what's up kind of mind, <laughs> designed a storage rack for his wakeboards, thinking that, hey, I need to keep these organized in my house. And when he designed it, he wanted to sell it. And this was 2009 and there was a lot of opportunity online and, um, Amazon wasn't huge. E-commerce hadn't really boomed yet. And so he said, well, I'll start my own website and I'll start selling this rack I made. And so that website was StoreYourBoard.com, And he started with one product and, um, Rather than hanging out selling only his rack, he started to bring together some of the California bro dudes who were living in California making a surf rack or two in their basement. He started reaching out to all these different guys saying, hey, I have the place to sell your racks. And he gave a lot of these manufacturers um, a sales channel that they didn't otherwise have.
1: You know, some people listening – Right, uh, most of the people listening here are all entrepreneurs. Would you say that you're an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, uh, because absolutely. here's the deal: because you're you're helping somebody else's company, somebody else's vision, Andrew. This was somebody else's. I, I know you have an interest in it, but mm-hmm. he he cast the vision, he created it. He was the he was the guy, and you're not.
0: Yeah, not? I don't. I uh, I, I sometimes. I've looked up the definition of entrepreneur. There's so many different definitions. Um, I I think the word is a little bit honestly overused and Mm -hmm. I don't, it's connotation. Sometimes I don't think I don't get caught up in all that. I don't even know if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm not offended or I don't need to lay claim to that. Um, I, I think one time I looked it up and it really means someone who starts like, Undertakes a venture with risk, which so you're walking away
1: from law school, a great law career, making a ton of money. That's not taking walking away and taking risk.
0: And that was I was given a presentation to a class, and I my point was that really, you can do anything at any time, and you can consider yourself an entrepreneur, and you should be learning new things, and you should be taking risks, and so you don't have to get caught up in. What is an entrepreneur, what does following your passion mean? But you just be thinking about things that you want to do and things that you want to learn and go do them, and, and you're already on the right path.
1: You're in the business of Andrew. Maybe that's the right way to describe it is you're in the business of Andrew, and this is what Andrew wants to do. And he can add value, and he feels like he's adding value, and he's getting reward, right? Whatever that reward would be, either you're sated with money or sated just because of accomplishment. That's not a bad business, the business of Andrew
0: yeah i can agree with that and and taking it all the way back to our business and helping us accomplish things and knowing that there's risk in our business and me being a part of that now and so if you want to call that an entrepreneur i think you can and i'm totally fine with it either way
1: i, I it's it's comfortable i mean what's cool to me is that you're so comfortable with it um to me i think most people and this is a guy talking especially an old dude saying that most people would say, oh, man, I couldn't make it on my own. I've got to go run my own business. And and not everybody's meant to run a business with all the responsibility. When you think about what the owner, your your friend, what he does, do you like all the stuff that he has to do?
0: <laughs> that's like, does everyone, does anyone, or does everyone like everything they do in their job? Right. I mean, the answer is certainly no.
1: So that's cool then. Yeah. I mean to me that's a mature thing to think about because one of the other things and especially I'm thinking of Amazon so you and you're familiar with Amazon so mm-hmm. thinking about all these people they see all these people selling millions of dollars right you know and uh, we were just together and we saw people you know selling tons of stuff and then mm-hmm. you sit back and say huh I'm selling 350,000 Andrew man I suck you know, and <laughs> I feel terrible yet I have the best operations in the world, when you come in it things get in and out and boom, 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 boom. But I just can't sell more because I'm not gifted in PPC or copywriting or whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Why can't I add value to that other person who has those, those other skill sets and call myself a success? There's something wrong today because a lot of people would say, I'm going to work for somebody else. I failed. You would say no. <laughs> Correct.
0: I'm definitely a number two, and I have no problem with that. And if anyone wants to talk about does being a number two feel good, I can talk to them about that. I I think it's an easy decision. It was an easy decision for me. It still is an easy decision to be part of this. And I have a background in team sports. I played.
1: Oh, dude.
0: You know, I love – I played sports. I played a college sport. High school, I still – want to be playing sports and outside and doing things. And that's a big part of my life. And so when I look at what's taking place and um, where I am, I just know that I'm part of a team and I'm trying to be a part of a really great team. And I think that's what we're building. And so if, if you, if you're not comfortable being the second best player on a team or I don't know fourth best player on a team, you know, I, I don't even know. We have a lot of good other people too. So I don't even need to put myself in the second best player, but I think being part of a team and being part of a successful team for me has always been a goal of mine higher or above than just being an individual success.
1: I think that's so powerful. Um, I think that's absolutely powerful when you say it that way. right? So most businesses fail, right? 90% of all businesses fail in the first five years or some crazy statistic. Mm -hmm. So first off, if the business is still there year six, it's a win. Yep. Then to be in the top ten in that company. I don't care, you know, I'm to be the top number two. Just top ten in that successful company, meaning that you have had influence and helped keep it there and stay there means that you are the outlier of outlier. How's that not a win? <laughs>
0: Dude. I'm, I, I'm gonna keep it going and I'm trying not to count my chickens before they hatch or I try not to to get to like tie on what we're doing, and I, I just know that that helps you stay motivated and um kind of keeps you fresh and i have I keep some stuff up in my office reminders of what I used to be doing or some people I used to work with, and that's another thing that keeps me going forward too
1: i th- I think this i I don't want to leave this yet I'm gonna beat this this horse a little bit more just because I think it's so powerful um what you just said that you want to be on a winning team, and it doesn't have to be uh, Andrew's team. He, you just want to be part of that. I think the sports, uh, your sports example is phenomenal because that's, that's, yeah. Anybody who's on the, the Yankees will use them, right? Um, just thinking about them. So if you Mm -hmm. were on the Yankees and they won the world series, that's a cool place to be, right? Regardless of what you did on that team. And so that to me, um, is very powerful. I haven't heard anybody say it that way using the sports analogy, but I, I think it's such a great, a great example of what can be. Um, very powerful. All right. So, oh, go ahead. Uh, you, you had something to add. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. I, I honestly think of a lot of things in my life through the lens of sports. And if that makes me sort of a dumb jock, I'm okay with that.
1: Well, you mentioned about staying motivated. Can you go a little bit deeper on that? Because I think that's one of the things, you know, it's funny, we were chatting about my warehouse, I got a ton of people coming in and out today. It's just a crazy day, but it's lonely. I mean, I'm very mm-hmm. lonely sometimes. You know, I sit here and yep. my, my partner Andy comes down and he's like, Steve, you, how many cups of coffee are you on? Because I got yep. like words that just fly for, you know, 10 minutes straight. I don't even take a breath. And it's because I'm sitting here by myself, right? Yep. How do you stay motivated? Because you are by yourself.
0: Yeah. And we didn't explain that fully. Yeah. But yeah we, we, we have we get a, there. In a warehouse outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. That's where my... Um, my friend, the founder of the business and our team is located. And so that's where it was. And I wasn't there. And he wanted me, as we were working together, he wanted me to join full time. And and this was really the option that we had, and we took it. And so it means that I don't work there. And we've taken that opportunity in a couple of different instances, knowing that we found people that we know are smart, we trust, we know their backgrounds, we know that they're going to be helpful to our team and so we have hired people in a similar mold our friends people we know and they're not there but it means that you if you wake up in your house you don't have to walk very far to get to your office and so great I don't have traffic and I don't really have a morning commute but there are times when you wake up and you're thinking that eh, maybe I just want to have a morning commute for once and it sounds crazy but it also means that you got to you got to sometimes fill things into your schedule, add things into your schedule, add personal interactions into your schedule or add some other things that, um, that, you know, can help yourself and keep you ticking and moving forward. And so it gives me a chance to stay. I'm usually trying to add some physical activities because that just keeps my heart going. And that's something like I already said is very important to me so I can, add that in 45 minutes that I have free. And then, you know, I have half my day before that and half my day after that. And it gives me a boost to get through that second half of the day and stay focused.
1: The other thing that you've done, and I think it's so smart. um, It's how we met is you, you wanted to uh, expand your knowledge. You wanted to, this is the lawyer coming in, the research that I talked about, which all lawyers are very, very good at, at least the successful ones um, is you wanted to expand your e-commerce network. And so mm-hmm. you created a meetup on meetup.com and, and it's in Lancaster, PA. And that's the one I referenced a couple of times. I've referenced it um, in my groups just to say, hey, if you're in that area, uh, reach out. And if you are, message me and then I'll connect you. Um, but your goal was, well, I no, you tell me what your goal was.
0: <laughs> my goal was to meet people who are doing things that I'm doing or doing things similar and Knowing that there's always more to learn from other people, and especially people who have already done what you're doing. Like there are all these different businesses out there in the world that are doing many of the same things. They're facing many of the same challenges. And so why not get a couple of people together and talk about how they went and solved this challenge or what challenge they're might they're faced with that we might be faced with in six months or a year. And so yeah, it's all everyone knows. Also that expanding your network. You don't always know how valuable it is at the time, but it's always more valuable down the road. Yeah,
1: and it's been—I uh, think we've met twice, and uh, both times have been really phenomenal for me. Um, and it's like, like you said, you know, here you think you know a lot, and then all of a sudden you meet somebody else, and you're like, oh wow, I didn't even think that way. You know, one of the one of the cool things that I'm seeing and I'm hearing is this comfort you have of managing tasks. Um, from afar, how do you, how, what, what tools do you, you use? Um, again, make sure everybody hears this, their warehouse, their distribution, their, I don't, you manufacture there too. I mean, it, it's light manufacturing maybe is the right term to use. Not no, there. No. You know, you have to put things together. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's imported, whatever. Um, but it's distributed out of there. I'd right? say it that mm-hmm. way. And yeah. so, but it states away and you're the operations manager. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, (laughs) most people would sit there and say wait wait he's the operations manager and he's not physically in the operation
0: yeah so it just it just is what it is when when you're small and you don't have that many people and, and that's the role i can be valuable in that's where i started right but over time i can tell you that we're adding more people and it's getting bigger and so we may have to retitle the operations manager to someone else that's down there and that can be fine because, as you grow a small business and that, or as you grow a business, um, like there's there's slices of pizza, and when each slice of pizza that someone has, as everything gets bigger, it gets too big, and you gotta basically cut it in half and give some of the responsibilities to someone else. And so, at the same time that the operations um, slice is getting bigger, some of the other things that I'm doing that aren't as related to operations are getting bigger. So it may just be that we give someone else operations manager and then I'm doing a number of these different things too. And, and that's fine. And that's why another reason why it's important to be growing uh, a valuable team.
1: It's an, it's like an evolution in essence, right? I mean, it's, it's like, I guess as that business gets bigger and they go on more channels and they sell more products, there are new issues, new challenges, more staff, right? Those bring in new challenges and new things. Somebody's got to handle it. And if you've proven yourself over here, and and I guess it also helps is when you can talk the talk because you've walked the walk, it probably makes it a lot better all around for buy-in from both sides.
0: That's a part of every story, I I would say, is Um, I mean here I can go back to sports again like do you have a coach that can do all these things that he's telling you to do has he done them does he know from experience that that's why you should be doing them like can I speak about things that are taking place in our business because I know them and have done them and have worked through them before and over time they'll look different and so the way that I did them or the, the way that I was thinking about them will change but I will have that foundation and so we'll be talking about the new components or I'm working with someone to understand the new components for myself, but still pointing out issues or helping troubleshoot
1: problems. (laughs) When you think about, when you give advice to somebody to, Hey, you know, you, you like, you recognize you're a number two, just like me. I know I'm a number two. Um, What's your advice to people to look for in a number one? And if that's an unfair question, because I don't want you to talk about your guy and, air bed laundry or you know what i mean no. laundry. but i mean just saying it's like what's what what should people be looking for if they're saying hmm i'm having some success but it's not as fulfilling what i'm doing i love this piece that everybody else says is the worst part of the business so uh, i'll give you a good example i love pack and box it. i'm not me but i'm just saying there's people that just love it they just love it they're good at it and they just enjoy it um but yet we're all told there's no value in packing boxes, Andrew. That's, that's $10 an hour work or 15 or my, my, in my neighborhood in Carlisle, you know, that it's $25 an hour because of oh, all the warehouses, I, 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 but, but there's no, that's not what you should be doing. You should be working on your business, not in your business, Andrew. So what what's your advice?
0: Yeah, I, I will stand by what you said about there need to be people working on your business while there's people working in your business too. And, And that's a big challenge is to when to add more people working in your business or how do I insulate some people to make sure that they have time to work on their business. But setting aside the number one, number two thing, I think I can say it a little more simply is that you need and how we have evolved and added people is to look for people with complementary skills. And if you can build a team that has a lot of complementary skills, it just means that When these crazy things happen, someone knows how to handle it, or someone has seen it before, and so we built a team with an engineer, a lawyer, a programmer, um, and and things like that, and then just build out from there as our base. And so we've always been, we've always had that in mind that hey, who's someone that is gonna add additional knowledge or additional value to our team? Like, who's someone that thinks different? Um, are,
1: are you looking at the gaps? I mean, are you saying that, you know, for example, uh, he, your, your partner was the engineer. Um, so, but when, uh, what was the other person you described? I got the lawyer and the engineer. Programmer, programmer. okay. Engineer. So when you're looking at the programmer, it's saying, you know, uh, IT has become such a huge piece of our business because you don't have a physical retail store. Sure. So is that the gap you said hmm, sure. we could all yeah. learn this oh, or
0: <laughs> well or we could learn it we could pay someone a bazillion dollars over the next how many years or we can add someone to our team so yeah no question that was something we were talking about and hey do we know anybody that can do this do we know anyone that has some flexibility to do something that might otherwise be crazy that some people think we're doing and yeah that was part of the conversation and that was someone we identified as one of our friends who we thought could be a part of it. And that's what happened.
1: That's, it's interesting you say that because that changes, it potentially changes the relationship, right? You, you called him a friend, Mm -hmm. but now he's an employee. (laughs) And does that, how does that transfer over? In the old days, I knew what it used to be like, (laughs) but now is it different today?
0: Well, for this specific guy, he's, you know we consider him part of what we're doing so i don't know if that's exactly the friend but we've recruited who became an employee but we have recruited other friends so yeah we have other friends working for us and there is a school of thought that you shouldn't add relatives or friends to your business and that's fine and i'm we're looking out for that and we're keeping that in mind but As I mentioned earlier, at some point, there's a school of thought that you want to have people that you know that are smart and people that you can trust working for you. And we could try and find someone we've never met before and take their resume at their word and have a short interview process and add them to the team. Or I could, you know, hire one of my other teammates who I lived with and, you know – practiced with and went to school with and know exactly what he's capable of. You know the real him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, those are the people where find someone smarter than you, find someone who works harder than you and and keep trying to do that. And I know we hired one of my friends who I think probably works harder than me or I've seen him work, you know, harder than me. So I'm happy to have that.
1: Is that, you know, and maybe that's part of the skill set of a lawyer, is you're mitigating risk. That risk that we just described about having a friend or a family member as opposed to, like you said, somebody who's just has the most polished resume and interviews well doesn't mean they're not crazy or doesn't mean they, you know, it's all fluff, right? Because yep. um, that's different thinking, right? Because – and it's just like the college degree value, right? It used to be college degree was how, you know, the HR department would would – separate supposedly the wheat from the chaff, right? The college degree was the barrier, and mm-hmm. we could get rid of anybody who didn't meet the ch- You could then take the 400 resumes down to, you know, 30 or 40 that you can manage. Um, that's ill thinking because some of the smartest people I know do not have college degrees. Way smarter than me, and, you know, not putting you down, way smarter than you, right? I mean, it's just we've seen sure. those people. Sure. And so that means that that logic is not perfect. It works, but it doesn't always work. Is now what you described, is that new thinking, um, by, like the risk lower by hiring friends and family, like you said, because it's calculated. It's, it, you, you can measure it as opposed to the. I mean, I wonder if that's like this big transition that, that's about to occur for small businesses, because small businesses, small e-commerce manufacturing, whatever it is, these small businesses it's not corporatized in what you're describing. You know, do you get what I'm going with the conversation? I do,
0: yeah. I, I look at it this way. Whenever we try and add someone or if we're adding a net new person, I used to always say to these people or someone, it's like, if we have 10 people, which we're just, we're under that, but if you have 10 people, one of these employees is 10% of your workforce, right? Mm. And so in a small business, if ten, if one person leaves if you lose 10% of your workforce, that's a pretty big impact. If you have five people, you would lose 20% of your workforce. And so another thing that we look at is, hey, we don't have this perfect system. We don't have, we're not as smooth as this big company. And so things might be a little herky jerky at some times, like we don't have everything completely perfect, but And so for someone from the outside to come in and they might get spooked by something or they might think, oh, this isn't the right environment for me. And then they move on. And after a short period of time, we're down 10%, 20% of our workforce. That's another big consideration for us in hiring these friends. We know some of their situation. We're very upfront and can be honest about here's what's what it looks like now, you know, here's what it could look like, but we definitely can't guarantee that. And is this a fit for you and your life? And can you take some of the value out of the flexibility that we're offering and apply it to your life so that we can get together for two, three years, hopefully at a minimum, and know that we've got that spot in a good shape for a period of time?
1: So it's setting boundaries with expectations. To me, that's very healthy on both sides. Very healthy.
0: I hope that's what we're doing, but that is certainly our goal.
1: Can you talk a little bit about managing from afar? How, you know, I'm thinking about, like, what does is, what is Andrew's day look like? Or a week might be a better example. Um, because, you know, like you said, it's a smaller company, but you've got a lot of moving pieces that you've got your hands in. Can you talk us through that? Because you're managing from afar. Um, is technology the key?
0: yeah for sure Mm -hmm. it's 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 like everything is should be around the ability to collaborate on things you know or at least the Hmm. ability to share maybe is a better word because collaborate means oh two people are always working on two or more people are always working on something so i don't that's probably not actually what takes place but the ability to share all these things that different people are working on that that probably is what takes place and so How do we share documents? How do we share spreadsheets? How do we um, have conversations? How do we show what some people are doing? How can I look at that but not having to ask that person? Um, And so, yeah, it's it's a lot of that. It's a lot of staying organized, you know, check in with people, go over some things, but then definitely trusting them to have independence to get those things done. And a lot of times that's like, hey, let's have – you know, our meeting list, or have a list of things we're working on, or a list of priorities, so you can work on those things, I can review them, I can make my comments, and then you can keep working, and I'm not trying to interrupt people, I'm not trying to...
1: Yeah, you're not going to say, hey, you know, oh, you should lift your shoulder a little, oh, that should be to the right, right, you're not in the Um, minutiae, you're looking at it at a higher level.
0: Yeah, I don't know what people are wearing, or I don't, (laughs) you know, I don't know things like that, and that's okay, and that's something that I think comes from the top down with my partner and um, that's what we want. I don't know if we can, I don't know if any company can be like that forever. Well, that's the
1: thing is that, is that a risk, right? I mean, is that one of the things that you guys got to consider as you're growing and you guys are growing well? Is it, is it like one of those fearful things?
0: There's, there's a number of things as a company matures that are going to change and I don't know it from experience. Well, I don't know what those things are going to be in the future, but I've seen some of that happen already. And it, you know, makes me realize that things may change over time and try and try and understand what our people are going for and what our team's going for and, and do the best we can. And that's all we can do.
1: Has, uh, with, with a small team, do you, do you feel like everybody gets their chance to add to the conversation? I mean, it, it, to me, I think there is that optimal size, and it sounds like you guys are pretty much there, at least for now. Um, and then how do you encourage that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think, you know, there still are different conversations. You know, not everyone on our team is a part of every conversation. Sure. Not, I think that's any team, right? And it wouldn't make sense to have 10 people a part or nine people or eight people, a part of every conversation. But there are definitely conversations about things that are taking place that are important that somebody, you know, each person on our team is part of an important conversation. And so how do I encourage that? Well, I want to give them as much responsibility as possible. I'm happy to give other people responsibility. I don't know if you've worked in places or heard stories about, well, you can't do the things that your boss does because those are his and he needs to get the credit for those so he can, get promoted, whatever that is. Like, I certainly am not, you know, trying to hold on to things, trying to keep things away from the people that are on our team. First of all, I'm very comfortable that, you know, my, my business partner understands that whether I'm doing it or they're doing it or I'm managing it, you know, we certainly have a level of trust that I'm totally fine with everyone on our team doing a lot of things. And that's how I try and encourage it. I try and bring them into conversations as soon as possible, not, have the whole conversation and then bring them in things like that. Like I want them to be, I say, Hey, I'm going to do this first part, or I just kind of connected with this person. So I'm going to have a conversation. And then as soon as I'm done with it the first time, it's yours. So pay attention and then you're going to be doing it.
1: Hmm. That really does matter then how, like you said, that that person's 10% of the team. It really does matter to have that person having that comfort with themselves, being able to, to make decisions, and knowing that you have their back. I mean, to me, that's very powerful. Hmm. All right, so so I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, how we can add value to the listeners. Um, so what we're talking about is a pretty successful company, and, and he already said the name, storeyourboard.com, so you go check it out. They've got a ton of SKUs. Um, majority of your sales are not on Amazon, right? They're on yep. the website. Yep. Um, you guys are the experts. You got a broad, a, a, a broad reach across, uh, product lines, uh, across sports, um, uh, from surfing through fishing and, and you touch so many of them. Um, it, to me, when I look at your business, you guys are doing so much, right? I mean, it's phenomenal. And again, you're doing it, um, without that heavy hand. And I think there's a lesson here that you do have to have that level of trust. You got to pay well and you got to have the right people and all those magical formulas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to make sure we add value to people to, who are thinking about this, right? They're, they're at that place, right? I, I see two different, two different scenarios where this could be helpful. One is they're struggling and they realize that they don't have the capacity and it's not a failure to be the number one position right you have to be able to say comfortably i'm part of a team and that's awesome you know and 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 not a corporate america team this is just you know so there's that person and then there's the person who is that number one who they are going to be number one but struggles on the details or struggles on the uh the skill sets that are part of the business i see both of those probably looking for help what do you think you could offer to both scenarios do you get what i mean
0: mhm yeah well, starting with the person that's struggling one thing I always try to keep in mind is that um this is a you know a line I've heard a quote I heard but success is not <clears throat> excuse me success is not a straight line and so I can for sure tell you that we're we've struggled through things and so if you're struggling through something, it doesn't mean that your prior accomplishment wasn't a good accomplishment it doesn't mean that you're not going to accomplish more in the future but it could mean that you should be considering, well, you know, where could this be by myself? I mean, in, in both oh,
1: cases. Oh, like, like what's the potential?
0: Yeah. It, I, I mean, when I heard your question, I was thinking, well, kind of measure up your potential and, and say, is this better with just me or just me and two virtual assistants or is this – something I'm thinking about long-term and I should start thinking about more people. Um, but then
1: but then, aren't you failing? I mean, uh, you know, I'm thinking about um, our independent businesses here, right? They're saying, you know, well, you know, S- Steve, you know, my potential is 300 grand. That's the best I think I can do. When I look at everything and I, if everything went right and I made all the right things, I see 300 grand. And if I get 20% of that, man, I can go sell, sell I always say this, you can go to AT&T and sell cell phones, non-commission mm-hmm. and make that much money right? Huh. And so that's one thing. You want to be really cautious about that, right? If that's what the most potential you have. But Andrew's saying you're not failing then, right? You're just recognizing it and that's okay.
0: That's part of it. And so I guess if, if you're at 60,000 and that's not good for you, well, then you're, you're having a conversation about what is good for you and then how do you get there? And so I don't know. As you mentioned, a lot of businesses don't succeed. So is it that it's a business you're in or is it you or um, do you just need to keep learning things? And yeah, I don't have the perfect answer for that. I think I would always default to try and be learning more things. Um, Well, well, it's um,
1: it's you doing this meetup, right? You have no gain in it, right? There's no upside for you other than you learn, right? mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, that's putting yourself out there and you got to spend twenty bucks to keep it going, right? And mm-hmm. and, and yeah. so it's you're out of pocket, and yeah. yet the goal is, and you're investing quite a bit of time, um, because you want to increase your uh, uh, abilities. To me, that's that's a good example of something that you're sticking your neck out, um, and it's almost like faith in a weird way, right?
0: Sure.
1: It, you know. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and. It- It worked out, it kind of worked out faster than I even thought. The the first or second one I ever did, we had four people and I was a bit surprised that four people could come together at the same time on a Friday morning out of nowhere, out of not knowing who I was or what the heck this was, but they got together and now we can share different things and we can learn different things and I think also that there's more people out there anyway, so I was surprised that four is our base now, but why not then four more
1: right why not eight all right so there's the example of so it's real it's it's knowing yourself and admitting but not calling yourself a failure if this if you're struggling and you don't want to struggle i heard somebody say this somebody i interviewed recently said wouldn't you rather be uh uh Ten percent owner or, or part of a uh, a successful business as opposed to being a hundred percent owner of a struggling business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I like that one. Sure, that's that's yeah. a yeah okay yeah. sure that okay yeah that makes sense. All right, so that example I think is is being honest with yourself, looking inward and saying, all right, what's the yield? What's the potential? And at full capacity, if everything worked right, which it never will, but let's just say. That's that probably won't be enough for me. Um, and, uh, and maybe not even monetarily, uh, enjoyment-wise, right? You, you're you not going to make this your kids when when they start dance, right? You're not mm-hmm. going to be picking them up for daycare because you're going to have to work, 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 work. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not the life I want. So that inward look, and then you can look for an opportunity. That doesn't mean you can't add value. And I, I think if you hear what Andrew is doing to add value and the the reward in his voice, just listen to how rewarded he is that's cool to me. And I've met him face to face and I can see it, you know, it's real. So then let's talk to the guy who's, or gal, who is running their own thing and realizes they can't do everything. What's your advice there?
0: Yeah, that's, that's where I think it's all about. Well, get, find the complementary skills. And so if that's someone else or that's, how do you get them? Like identify what you can't do and then how do you get it? And so I know plenty of businesses, they just pay like a consultant or oh, to yeah, yeah, pay yeah. someone to do their AdWords campaign or whatever it is. I mean, there's Google analytics Academy. You could, if you have the time and you want to save that money there, you try and learn it yourself. And maybe, you know, that doesn't align with your skills and that's where it becomes, okay, this is a complimentary skill I need to seek out. And, and yeah, you're trying to create a, the right formula. So you need to add a few more ingredients into the pot there.
1: Well, I think you're a good example, right? You weren't doing operations when you started working with them. You were advising on, you know, business, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And your role kept getting expanded. um, A, because you probably started showing some interest and passion for it. And more than likely the advice you gave, must've been good. (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) otherwise this guy's not very bright. And Mm -hmm. by the, 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 the depth of the business. I think he is. So that's a pretty cool way. So you let somebody get their foot in, you find out that they're not crazy, which is a big part of my life. I want to make sure you're not crazy. Um, that's a very cool way. And then you can start expanding the responsibilities. Hmm. Very, very cool. I knew you'd be a great interview. (laughs) It's just so cool to me again that, and you're so chill about it, but it's, it's a big deal, um, to be in the role you are and be so darn comfortable in your skin about it. To me, that's, that's, I don't know that Steve is that guy. Hmm. I don't think I have that. And that's, I mean, it's a God's honest truth and I'm just being honest. Um, it's very cool to me that you are and hence the reason you guys are doing so well because you're all rowing, right? I'm looking at their, uh, their fishing stuff. You're all rowing the same way.
0: Yeah, we try. I mean, I try and stay even keel about, what is our success really, or what is it really, you know, are we really successful and how successful and just knowing, and feeling good about accomplishments, but having to turn the next page pretty quickly on to the next, um, task. Otherwise you can't really sit around and pat yourself on the back about accomplishments. I don't know. I mean, someone else is going to be doing what we're doing really, really fast or trying to, you know, edge us out in that spot. And so, whatever spot that we're even in but it just means that yeah i'm thinking about trying to think about the next thing and um being in this position and being part of a smaller business and and you know previously you're part of a big company things come at companies from all different directions and they get they hit so many different people because there's so many different people yeah that
1: you know. department handled that one oh right? sure and yeah. so
0: it's just like cool um hanging out I'm doing these things I know exactly what's coming at me because it has to fall right in between these two lines and if not I just press forward email please handle someone else right but then when you're in this position things come from they still are coming in from all over the place and they're ending up at our team and it's small so they're ending up with us and it just means that a lot of things can go what feels like can go wrong and they do, and then some things can also go right, hopefully, and they do, but you really can't react to all the things that go wrong, or you can't react in a way that anything that goes wrong is going to distract you from doing something right because then you will never do anything right, and so you have to be able to take, I'll go back to more and more sports analogies, but over the course of a fight, a boxer right how many times does he get punched right i don't know a hundred a lot hundred and what is he trying to do he's trying to land more shots than he gets punched and so in many ways if you're landing more shots than you're getting hit you can win that fight and so uh, we're getting taking shots all the time I, I can tell you that and we're trying to you know, if you if you go down, if you let a shot take you down or distract you from trying to land your own shots, you can't win and you can't succeed. So, I just try and let the shots kind of. I just take them and just try and move on.
1: You know, I think I think the the sports again being part of a team. I think there's value I had not thought of, um, not being a sports guy, and so I missed all that. and And I can see it. I mean, it's definitely a weakness. Um, and then I think. The law background also um, probably fares well for this stuff um, because you guys, like you said, you're getting, you know, your competitor. You got competitors just like everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of your business comes from your own website, so you got traffic issues. You got all those myriad of things you got to worry about and do, and yet you still have all the competition we all have, too. And so to me, that law degree, um, that background, the ability to understand that, uh, was it... um, uh, the law, what, what was that last politician who said, well, the law is not really the law, or it was something recent, right? There was somebody who was saying, well, that's not really, the truth isn't the truth, or something uh, crazy, thing, almost, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something like that, right? It depends but,
0: what the definition of is is. Yeah, there
1: you go. Yeah, and so, but it's the truth, though, about your ability to deflect and say, okay, let's give it its perspective, we got to deal with it, but that doesn't mean everything's wrong, so let's go on. Mm-hmm. Um, that optimism, I think, that comes from that that degree or that training I think is, is very healthy. Um, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away. Um, again, he mentioned the, the site, it's called store your board, um, board B L A R D. Yeah. Um, dot com. And go and take a look because this is a company that's doing it right. Uh, their business is their business. They own their customers' uh, information. They're very protective. Um, they offer warranties to make sure that things are um, handled right. And so, you know, yeah, you can go to Amazon, which is great, and all that kind of stuff, but also you can go here and you can trust us, and they have built that trust over time because they're enthusiasts. So I think this is a very cool example of what can be um, because, in, and also in my world, as you know, uh, a lot of people are like, "Wait, I don't want Big Brother uh, always making the decisions for me because they don't consult with me." <laughs> and so, so there's good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's phenomenal. I'm, I'm so impressed. And again, I'm more impressed with how comfortable you are um, knowing yourself. And I think, I think more people can do that. All right. So if somebody wants to follow up with a question, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
0: Um, I'm happy to. Take an email directly to me at Andrew at storyboard dot com.
1: Andrew at all right. And I'm gonna put that out on um, on this episode. Um sure. because I I just think again there's a whole bunch of people that are probably like, man, how do I pull the trigger? Or, you know, how do I know when it's that it person or that marketing person or whatever? Um, And I think that these are the kind of questions that, you know, you've, uh, we've had that marketing question and and it was cool your explanation. So I think those are the kind of things that you might get some questions on, but man, I really appreciate you taking the time. I mean, I really mean it. And I think it's, it's phenomenal what you're doing. Love it. Absolutely love it.
0: And this is, um, the first time I ever did something like this. So I'm learning something new. It was a good experience and I enjoyed it.
1: Take care. I wish you nothing but success. Thanks. Very cool guy. Uh, Very cool. Again, if you're in the Lancaster area, let me know, message me and I'll uh, get you linked up because uh, we meet about once a month and there's four of us right now. And actually I think Andy said he wants to come. So that would make number five. Um, It's a very neat group, different uh, thinking, you know, again, go look at their website that's the capacity that uh, these people are working at in this group. All different kinds of revenue streams, all different kinds of thought patterns, all different places in their business. Um, and um, you know, uh, I think that that finding that, being part of that, and being and just sitting there as a fly in the wall and absorbing that is going to make you a better seller, going to make you a better person. And I'm much richer for getting to know Andrew. So ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the eCommerce Momentum Podcast. All
0: the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.